Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast. They're going to give you a reason to live, make you feel like you're the king of the mountain. And when it's all said and done, they're going to dance all over your face. Oh, yeah! We got some good-looking girls! Oh, yeah! Oh, boy. Here we go. Pressing the button. Star? Simmons. Star? Paul Stanley. Anthony Dice? Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. Alright. I'm gonna grab me a nice cold mellow Why? Why do that to the fans? Stop it. Why? Because the fuck That's all. 617 Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 249. Mailbag 5, better known as Ball bag five. Wow. Our fifth. Mail, mail bag five. Holy shit. Imagine that. Ooh, people love the mailbag episodes, and so do we. So yeah. we yeah. love these. These are always a good time for us to just riff on topics. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Hello. So, uh Tom, last week we had the great Mitch Weissman on. Another fantastic fucking interview love having people like that that come on and just share these awesome stories and it's always better than we expected mitch has written some songs with kiss and i think that's what last week's poll was right that's right yep so we talked to mitch about a bunch of songs uh that he worked on with gene and with kiss we chose the poll to be the kiss songs and the options were get all you can take while the city sleeps murder and High Heels, and Thief in the Night. This was a little bit surprised. I figured it would be neck and neck, but I was a little bit surprised. We got a ton of votes on this, which is always nice to see. Get All You Can Take with 45%, and Thief of the Night in second at 37%. In my opinion, there's no contest between the two. Thief of the Night destroys Get All You Can Take for me. Yeah, Tom, I also put the poll on our Instagram, and thank you all that go on that. Those are, I usually put up the Instagram posts and I'll think of something kind of silly if I can for the 
from the poll. Yep. Anytime I put a post up, and I think the opposite happened. You're right. I think uh, Thief in the Night won. Yeah. I think somebody also wrote, this is a collection of some of the worst songs. Oh, we're going to get to We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to that. So While the City Sleeps, I was surprised. While the City Sleeps actually came in last, Murder in High Heels got 10%, which is 10% more than I thought it would get. I personally don't mind either one of those songs. I know they're like the deepest of deep cuts on Animalize. They don't, neither one, neither the, one of them bother. The me. old adage still applies, Tom. They may suck, but they kiss suck. So they're That's probably right. better than 99% of the other music out there. That's right. So this, this might be what you were talking about, or unless you saw it elsewhere on, on Instagram. So Stuart H on Twitter goes, let's be honest. The interview was better than the songs. He seemed like a nice fella, but this <laughs> list is rough. <laughs> It's not. It's not. I mean, granted, these aren't like classic Love Gun era hit songs, but I like that they're deep cuts. We talk about the hits all the time. Um, uh, I find that hilarious. That I do a, too. Uh, yeah, I, like, I mean, uh, no offense to Mitch. I like how he had to do like he's a nice guy. These songs are terrible, but uh, Lee Bruton, awesome episode, guys. Another top interview. It's like history one hundred and one each week. Oh, that's very cool. Chris Colby, Get All You Can Take is a hugely underrated Paul Stanley song. The rest are sort of meh. I like Thief in the Night a little bit, but can take or leave the rest. And uh, let's see what people thought of the episode itself, because Mitch was just amazing. He was so fun to talk to. We just let him go. Yeah. Egghog, great interview. He's like the Forrest Gump of 80s Kiss, there <laughs> for the interesting moments. No, he, he meant that as a compliment. He was there I for all the moments. To say, yeah. Is he saying there's something wrong with that? No, no, no. He just meant how, like, you know, Forrest Gump was there for all the big historical moments. I he's like saying. kiss yeah. music. I like yeah. kiss music. I like crazy nights. <laughs> uh, you sound like who's <laughs> Cleveland. You sounded like some family guy just said. <laughs> Uh, he says, I like how a big kiss-tard conspiracy is that Vinny was spliced into the Lick It Up cover. Turns out it was actually Paul. Wow. Domino's stepdad. Awesome episode. When you have been a diehard fan for over 45 years, you normally don't hear things you've never heard before. But this episode, I did. Loved it. Thanks, guys. All right. That's what we got on Twitter. Yep. All right, Tom. Over on the Book of Face. The Book of Ace? <laughs> no. Oh, By no. the way, okay. as we're going on, oh, uh, apparently the human cash register... Oh yeah, in more, in more ways than one because that yeah. bottom jaw is just yeah. The human, the the the, the it, it must be raining where she is. <laughs> they just put another video up. Like I guess they're filming their their video, and like for the first like five minutes, it's just her face and just yeah. There's no ace. Like like what the fuck is this? Like dude, you are just putting a target on yourself, honey. Yep. Oh, I know she's a fellow Grecian, but help yourself, honey. Come on, stop it. <laughs> Exactly. Speaking of Grecians. <laughs> oh, boy. Bonus Acredides. Yeah. Uh, this is a cool episode. Great insight into all the tunes Mitch wrote with the guys. Appreciate these kind of interviews because it burrows into the inner workings of our favorite band. Rock on, guys. Hope to see you in New York City. We'll be there. And I know you will be all the way from Australia. So we can't wait to meet up with you, Thanos. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Daniel Peoples. This is top shelf podcasting right here. 
We get such good stories and so much insight just from the three first-time guest questions. We got more info from the high vocals on Always Near You, a David Spade secretary reference, and a wig shopping story. Like <laughs> you guys said, so much great stuff about a time we don't hear enough about. Yeah, and uh, we also, yeah, I, I, I put in the question about Always Near You as a favorite to you, brother, because I think you were one the one that asked me about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, Ivan Japsine. Oh God, giggity, 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 giggity. guys, this might be the best interview you've ever done. Whoa! Props to you on your ever improving skills on interviews. Gee, what does that say? What were we like in the beginning? Um, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I like Mitch, but these songs suck. Like, geez, <laughs> come on. I he get it. Seemed though. really generally into talking and spilling stories and good rant on trying to keep the loudcasters page non-toxic. I can imagine the shit you have to deal with. Everyone needs to kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And remember, do not kiss. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh it's been a little bit whatever behind the scenes, but don't worry, we're all good. We're all good. Uh John Kozis. Great interview again. I love Mitch's stories about the elder. Shame Paul listened to the critics, not his friends and peers like Mitch. Nice. Greg Gould, you guys get out there and find the most interesting guests. People I would not normally think of. Guys, I really appreciate the work, thought, and effort you both put into this. I always look forward to the podcast and enjoy. Thank you. Over on our Loudcasters page, Tom, Sheldon Bergenheyer. Another great episode, TNZ. Love hearing stories like this. The great Tom Selleck. Selleck. <laughs> Tom Fantas- Selleck. <laughs> Fantastic episode. Quite a few new revelations about the band. News rolling over with a 357 in Gene's guest quarters. That was a first. That's a good. That was a great little tidbit right there. Uh, Kendall Lacey. This was an incredible episode. One of those where you don't know the guests, but they have fantastic stories. And the three of you had such great chemistry. It sent me back to listen to the songs he was involved with, which is always the best. And all the talk of the elder had me spinning my vinyl. Did I ever share my elder story with you? Over here in the UK, it was never seen. And me and my bestie were collecting. And one day I got into the kiss section before him. and There it was, the elder on vinyl. I can still feel my heartbeat now. It was uh, $7.99 pounds, but I only had pounds, baby. Pounds, pounds, baby. But I only had $7.93. No cards. We were teens. Can you lend me six pence? Of course, he said no and picked it up. <laughs> we spent all time together, and that was the holy grail. So I was not offended, but I did laugh when he had a scratch, and he had to send it back. Kendall, thanks for the story, brother. Nice. John Whiteman. Uh, great episode, and I hope you have him on again because I expect he has a million good kiss stories. I do too, buddy. Yes, absolutely. It was interesting to hear that he and Paul were very close, but now they aren't, and he has no idea why, which sounds a lot like what Kelsey Grammer about his and Paul's relationship when Paul guest hosted on the talk. I know it'll never be my problem, but being Paul's friend seems like a fucking chore. That's such a great line. That is such a great line. You're right, because he's not the only one. Carmine has said it to us, and a few other people have said it to us. Yeah. I think 
and remember, he kind of hinted like, ah, oh, I don't want to get into the therapist. I think Paul like lives by these. I will cut them off if they ever do something like this. And somewhere along the line, he cuts people off for yeah. something that, you know, they probably have no idea. Right. And, and I mean, I, and I know we don't know Mitch well, well, we talked to him for about an hour or so, but I, I he's in his career and every, he strikes me as a, a, a very kind man. But again, we don't know people from anything, but it it is interesting how he's like, yeah, we used to be friends. I don't know why we're not anymore. Yeah. And then finally, let's end on Mr. Iron-On Jeans, Joey Romanik. Uh, Listen to Mitch talk about the 70s and hanging out with Paul and Gene was amazing. When I was seven years old, I would sit and wonder what it'd be like to hang out with Kiss. And this guy lived that dream. Plus, anyone that likes the elder is okay in my book. Yeah, Mitch. Nice. On our Instagram page, uh, Junior Vintage. Mitch Weissman is a real great guy. Had an opportunity to connect with him on the Stefan Attica show on video a few years back, showing my vinyl albums. And he is a great storyteller. Mm. Glad he still connects with Gene and wishing him all the best and health and happiness. Hope to have him back again. Mr. Antonio, 2005. Cool. Over on YouTube. The great Marty White. Great stories for Mitch. I can't wait to hear the polished job on Ace's new record. He'll be the fake Fraley, not Tommy. Oh, God. Pretty boy Floyd M.S. Get all you can take really had fucking in it. I've had yeah. the cassette without the lyrics, and I always thought he said, "What was the difference that it makes?" <laughs> Maybe that was one of the lines that him and Paul were going back and forth trying to fit. Right, um, but who knows uh, about the funk? Great show, and it just keeps getting better. I can listen to Mitch's stories all day. Saw him in Beatlemania in the early '80s when the original Broadway production first toured, and the show was an absolutely mind blowing. The Kiss connection is living the dream. Tom, nice. that's what I got, and over to you. We got one from our buddy Wes Beach that has some st- personal stories here. I normally wait to listen to your podcasts on the way to work on Sunday mornings, but when I saw Mitch Weissman on my YouTube feed, I had to tune right in. He had some great stories about working with them in the late 70s and 80s. Too bad there are no recordings of the Beatles songs with him, Gene, and Vinny. I was fortunate enough to work with Mitch on Wendy O. Williams' Wow album, and he was such a great guy and a real sweetheart. He would sit at the grand piano in the studio and play Beatles songs between backup vocal takes on Thief in the Night. He's such a talented guy, and when I asked him why he didn't have a record deal, he said it was because when he would go into record company offices, the A&R guy would take one look at him and say, you look too much like him meaning Paul McCartney, and he did. I have to admit, I felt sorry for him because he had so much talent. For me, it was quite an honor to be standing alongside the guy who played Paul in Beatlemania. Thief in the Night has always been one of my favorite songs on the album, and I always love playing it live. That many fans prefer our version to the one Kiss did on Crazy Nights always brings a smile to my face. And I think I enjoy your rants almost as much as your feedback. Keep <laughs> venting, and maybe people will get the idea. Uh, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Thanks, uh, Wes. That's awesome. Uh, This comes from Scott Wheeler. Another email. Great episode. Each episode and interview keeps getting better. I really didn't want this interview to end. So many great stories. Zeus, you were right. Great job on the web page updates. We listeners deserve to be berated for not checking it out more frequently. I don't know about that, but I appreciate the sentiment, Scott. Thanks, Thanks. buddy. Yeah. Always a lot of new stuff on there. Take a look. It's a lot of fun. Yep. We're going to finish up our feedback with an email from Pat King. King! 
Hey, TNZ, I love the podcast. I'm a younger Kiss fan. I'm 34, so I didn't get into them until I was about 10. I love listening to you guys talk about Kiss and your jokes and impressions. It always makes my day better. Work can be rough and annoying sometimes, and your podcast gets me through it. Your podcast has gotten me through a lot the past three years, and I wanted to thank you two for taking the time out of your own lives and making episodes for us. I appreciate it a lot, TNZ. Love you, brothers. Pat, you really don't understand how much these types of emails mean to us. We love having fun on the show, having laughs and jokes. But when somebody sends us a real heartfelt email like this, it really means the world to us, Pat. So thank you so much for listening, for being a fan. And for that, my friend, you are the comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> We're not going to throw exacto knives at you, Pat. No, you're not good. To, you're not, good. Yeah, not tonight. You're yeah. good. You, 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 you are very good. Yeah. So, Tom, what we do next is we always go and give a shout out to our Patreon family. We got a new member, and that new member is the one and only Scott Wheeler, who just commented earlier. Scott's been a long time listener. He decided to jump in as a Catman member. Love much, it. Much love to you, Scott. Much appreciated. And uh, Pat King. <laughs> I think he was a, a Patreon member and came back. Um, he is also to be commended. But Scott, thank you for joining the Patreon family. And we want the rest of you guys out there to come join our Patreon family. Uh, we uh, have a great group of people that joined. And uh, it's never been bigger. And it's always a lot of fun. What we do is uh, Patreon is there to set up. You guys help out the show. And then in turn, we uh, involve you in our uh, in our stuff. We uh, have merch. We do polls. We do uh, uh, activities with you guys. All sorts of stuff. And uh, Patreon has been a huge reason for the growth of this show. And if you want to see us continue to get bigger and better, Patreon is the way to help us. Go to our website. Patreon is right there. There's a link. Click on that. Read about it. See if there's something that interests you. And come join the family and fun. Uh, this month coming up, we have the Patreon pick for ARC. And that's always <laughs> interesting, to say the least. But it's usually, uh, my, it's usually my pick. So Yeah. So Patreon people, please, please uh, understand how much you, we appreciate you. And thank you. And Scott, I appreciate you as well for joining. And the rest of you out there, if you're interested, please join our Patreon family. And we really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you so much, Scott. We know you've been a fan and a follower for a while. So we really appreciate you becoming part of the Patreon family. That's awesome. Everybody else out there, thank you so much. And if you're interested, please check us out, patreon.com. Click on the link on our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. Download the Patreon app. Lots of good stuff coming on. As Zeus mentioned, November is the ARC Patreon pick. We rotate, and uh, November is the month for you guys. And on Thursdays, we do sneak peeks at what the episode's going to be. We let you guys participate in our Flashback Friday polls and uh, all bunch of other stuff that goes on on the Patreon website, the Patreon app. A nice little community we have there, and we're so grateful for you guys. So thank you for that. Tom, what we do next is we hop on over to Kiss World. Um, I saw that Paul Stanley put out a list of guitar heroes of his. Yep. That was interesting. Nice little list. You know, Paul's always got a 
Got to tweak it a little, make sure that he touches every fucking thing. Oh, let's put a woman in there. Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Really, Paul? I mean, with all due respect, I'm not saying that I'm not going to say that Nancy William Wilson is not a great guitarist, but I've never seen her make anybody's list. And yeah. of course, he's got to put Albert, Freddie and B.B. King, <laughs> you know, in, in, in Richie Havens. Relax. Paul. Just stop it. Stop it. Settle down, Stanley. He just it's so transparent how how hard he's trying. Yeah. Nobody puts those guys on their on their guitar list. Now, they're wonderful guitarists. I get it. And then he's like, I've never been a fan of tapping tricks or whammy bars. There have been a few greats like Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes. But with, but what they did came from somewhere. Oh, oh, okay, so shit on two of the greats <laughs> to make your point. Ugh, just annoying. Uh, but other than that, yeah, they're, they're uh, wrapping up the tour. It's uh, It's less than a month. Before we make our way to New York City, so this is getting crazy. I can't believe it. Right now, they are uh, making their way through Canada, and feedback's been great. A lot of people Me- love them. Met her in Niagara Falls, Tom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on top of the, you know. Oh, uh, Tom, it was also the great Tommy Thayer's birthday. Happy birthday to him. That's right. We met Tommy. Great guy. He was super friendly when we saw him in Vegas at Gene's event. Happy birthday to him. He's young. Uh, youngest or younger Guy than everybody that's put up with so much shit. <laughs> yep, but he's the he's the one laughing every night when he gets up to, to perform with the band. So I don't think he I don't think he cares. Yeah, um, yeah. Other than that, kind of quiet, just wrapping up the tour, and everybody's kind of bracing for uh, that final weekend in New York City in a month. Yep, Tom. Let's take a quick little break. We're heading into Thanksgiving, and uh, want to make sure that uh, you have an extra place setting at your table. Hey, Tom, can I come on in and, and celebrate with the family? I only got a couple pigeons back here, and I don't really want to have them for Thanksgiving dinner. They, doesn't, they don't taste too good when you have them with cashews, mellow yellow, and a couple slices of roni. I need something a little bit healthier. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
Hey folks, Stephen Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. But we're back, and uh, we had a little issue there because Ace is trying to uh, show us how he bastes a turkey. So I'll just let you guys use your imagination there, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go elsewhere for our gravy for Thanksgiving. So thankfully, we have a we have a few weeks to work on that. I I, I came up with the riff of Genghis Khan when I Thanksgiving in 1989. <laughs> oh God, Tom, it's mailbag time. Time to answer some questions, have a little fun. Uh, What do you got for us? So first off, I want to thank everybody who's contributed over the year, month, days, weeks to send us questions. Uh, Every episode, as you know, we do a question of the week. And then once a year, we do a mailbag, kind of try to clean out the mailbag. But I'm telling you, we got a ton of incredible submissions. So if you don't hear yours tonight, We'll get to it eventually during our question of the week, I promise. So we do yeah. get a lot, and we're grateful for that. Let's start off with one here from Cameron Holiday. He says, if the infamous covers of Kiss and Time, God Gave Rock and Roll, Then She Kissed Me, in any way you want it, were not on studio records, but instead were part of a covers tribute album, would these be held in a different regard? Does the disdain for them stem because they were released on actual Kiss albums? Could he name them again? Kiss in Time, God Gave Rock and Roll to You, Then She Kissed Me Any Way You Want It. He's missing Is That You? And he's missing King of the Nighttime World. Well, right. I, but I, th- I think what he's referring to is like... The like, reason like, why I'm saying that is because that covers album would suck if you like. That's the point. Are, these are the songs you pick to do a cover album. Right. Now, if you had a King of the Nighttime World, is that you? Maybe it would disguise some of that. And if but, these were mixed in with other covers. Yeah. 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 Good God. That would be a fucking terrible album. Would it make a difference? I, Love Gun would probably be almost considered a perfect album for some people. Not for me, but I know you would think yeah. so if that was out right if that was yeah. out of there yeah i agree yeah um then she kissed me ruins love gun any way you want it ruins alive too which ironically are two of my all-time favorite oh, kiss albums rocking in the usa yeah. is really yeah not, not catapulted not that to stardom yeah not good kissing time is silly but there's at least there's a story behind oh, that, I why love that was kissing a, time yeah i love it, the three different vocals and peter's part in that oh yeah a god a gave rock and roll, god gave rock and roll to you doesn't bother me it, i don't seek it out it doesn't bother me i know it was it was part of the bill and ted soundtrack so i i get what you're saying if, if they weren't included on kiss albums and they were on like an optional covers tribute album yeah because when I want to listen to Love Gun on shuffle, I have to be careful of hitting. Then she kissed me. So, yeah, yeah, 
save those for something else. I get it. It's a great question, Cameron. I appreciate that very much. Um, but yeah, like Zeus said, if those are part of a covers tribute album, that's a shitty fucking tribute <laughs> tribute album. That's uh, almost as bad as my Origins Volume One and Two. God, what about ten thousand volts? It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Dude, You're the fucking... people the people jizzing all over this album already is fucking incredible. People are like, this is the best album. It's better than anything Kiss has done in the last three albums. Dude, how do you know? Have you heard it? Has anybody heard any tracks on this? It's fucking ridiculous. Well, first of all, that might be true because none of these albums that you're comparing to are great. So, it, I mean, I don't know. It could be. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. All right, we got another one here from Jay Rucker via email. Hey, Tom and Zeus, this may possibly be the nerdiest question you guys will ever get. Let's say Kiss never took off the makeup in 1983. Vinny is fired and they hire Mark St. John and give him his own character. Obviously, Mark has to sit out the Animalized tour and Bruce fills in. Does Bruce get his own character or portray Mark's character? If so, does the Kiss Army react the same way that they would react to Tommy and Eric in the Spaceman and Catman? I know that's a mega Kiss hard question, but I thought it would be something interested and ridiculous to discuss. I I love it. So it's hard to describe what a Kiss hard is, but if you look at this question, that's and it, thought, and the thought process behind it, because we all can relate to it. So I'm not mocking him. No, no. I'm just saying. I'm actually <laughs> applauding Jay yes. for acknowledging that it is I'm a like, mega kiss tart. Yeah, I'm like, that's actually interesting. I would say this. Would he get shit? No, because the internet wasn't around then. Exactly. That's right. We say that all the time. You wouldn't even know if that was Mark St. John or Bruce Kulick. Well, That's right. I'll tell you, when I first got back into Kiss and I saw the Lick It Up, I thought that was Ace. I didn't know Vinny that was in uh, Ace. I thought that was Ace, what Ace looked like. I mean, I might, this might be a hot take here. I think in retrospect, I know people love the Fox with Eric Carr and the Ankh Warrior, the, the, the fucking Wiz, whatever the fuck he is, Vinny. I know people love that. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty. The smartest thing they could have ever done from the get go was just keep full makeup designs all around and never give anybody their their own. And then when they came around for uh, Tommy and Eric, nobody would give them shit because that's done. That, that's my point. Yep. No, that's a great question, and I applaud you, Jay, for the question and for acknowledging how ridiculous it is. <laughs> so thank you for that, my friend. That that that's great. That's great. Yep. Oh, here's a nice one. This comes from Pete Gibbons. Do you think Alive and Destroyer did more to make the band? Or did Dynasty and Unmasked and The Elder do more to break the band? Alive and Destroyer made the band because Dynasty and The Elder did not. Because there was other factors in the, the band not giving a fuck. Uh, Ace and Peter kind of checking out. The movie didn't fucking help them. Yep. Uh, the solo albums really didn't help them. And you're forgetting one other fucking turd in the middle of that. And that's called Unmasked. Oh, no, that's, he mentioned that. He said Dynasty and Unmasked. Oh, I thought he said The Elder. No, we threw, I, I threw, I threw The Elder in. I ad libbed okay. the question. No, so I would say the others fucking were immediate impact brought them to superstardom versus the slow burn of them slowly losing. So I don't think it was that impactful. I think 
it was a combination of things that made them lose it. And it was a lot slower than their meteoric rise after Alive and Destroyer. Yeah, Alive and Destroyer made the band strictly because the, the albums were fantastic and unique and original. It was it was the music. I don't think Dynasty, I think Dynasty Unmasked, The Elder, I think those were a byproduct of what was going on at the band at the time. I think if those if if they made Destroyer in 1980, I don't think it would have saved the band. I think that band was falling apart and they produced albums that for amongst the masses and not the Kiss Tards thought were shit. So it's a great question and we love these kinds of things, but I, I just think Alive and Destroyer or the I mean, put it this way, without Alive and Destroyer, there is no Dynasty and Unmasked. You put, yeah. you know, you could you could even look at it like that. Pete Gibbons, that's a good one. Thank you. Here's a here's a good one we all love to talk about. Bill Sharp. What kiss song has the biggest fatigue factor for you? And what song has grown on you? Grown on me? Yeah, biggest oh. fatigue factor. And what what song has grown on you? Wow. I mean, I almost have to fucking take a step back and think about that. I don't know. Fatigue. I, I, the fatigue factor. I'll, I'll answer this way. You're thinking the, okay. the fatigue, the fatigue factor for me popped up immediately. And I'm sorry. I know people love this song. I think it's boring. It's plotting. It's slow. And I don't know if I ever liked it and they play it all the time. It's on every compilation. It's on the end of the road tour. And that is cold gin. I don't ever need to hear that fucking song ever again i like the riff it's easy to play i've actually taught myself how to play it on the guitar i don't want the song i don't it does nothing for me it never really did what song has grown on me i would say this i remember way back when we started this podcast i was on record as saying that i didn't like quote-unquote fast kiss because at that time we were new and you know we weren't we weren't freaking 24 7 kiss tards the way we are now with the help of quarantine chris jericho and bruce kulik and those guys I love songs like No, No, No Now. And I like Love's a Deadly Weapon. I like those songs, firstly, because they play them great and they kind of reintroduce me to them. Second of all, they're deep cuts. If I want to hear them, I can I can choose to hear them. They're not going to be played live and they're not going to be on a compilation. So for me, I, I would say that I would say out of that, I'd, I'd pick a deep cut like No, 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 I would say for me. Okay. Yeah. So the thing that has probably grown on me, I'm looking at my Kiss song list. Yeah, go ahead. Songs that before the podcast, I didn't go to. So I would go to Nowhere to Run and I would go yep. to Mr. Speed before the podcast. Yep. But songs like I would say I. Yeah. I would say Plaster Caster shot up the charts for me. Mm-hmm. And Paul's It's All Right. Yep. I would say those. And a lot of Peter's solo stuff. I can't stop the rain. I found the brilliance in it. Mm-hmm. Um, what about fatigue? Fatigue. I I I would probably kind of go like you do, Tom. I, I like the original songs. I don't want to say the exact same thing as you and say cold gin. I'll say songs like uh, I don't know strutter. No, nothing does nothing for me. Really, Strutter does nothing for me. Okay. Um, I don't know. I a hundred thousand years. Like I don't need to hear a fucking drum solo. If there was no drum solo, I'd probably make okay. But like things like that, it just there's no need for. I do not get tired of songs like Deuce. Nope. Um, rock and roll all night. I still love to hear Detroit Rock City. I still love to hear. Yeah, you know what I would probably say? I take it all back. I just thought of it. I do not need to hear again. Love gun. Oh, <gasps> love gun. Wow. Fucking, fucking what? Especially live. 
Oh, it's just man. Love Gun oh. in the end of the road set list. Uh, no need. No oh. need. And and stay where you are, Star Child. I don't need your fly over here to annoy me more. You know what? Here's another one that's gonna. This might this might upset the fans. I know it, it might may upset you. It's a song. I I get it. I I know what it stands for. The live version on a live two, I really like, and maybe it's just because it, I'm just kind of tired of it, which is the point of a fatigue. God of Thunder, I just, I just can't, I just absolutely love it. I know, love I know, it. you, I, I, I just, yeah. When 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 they start, oh, duh, uh, see, uh, I love it loud. Go ahead. Hold on. yes, thank you. You took the words right. Out. I was just gonna say, I, I, was, I know, I couldn't believe you didn't pick it. <laughs> I can't believe. I was just gonna say that as as we're talking and going back and forth, I'm like, fuck. I love it loud is probably the number one fatigue. Okay, but see, then you go watch them. Playing that in that Brazil concert in '83. Oh no, I know. And then you see that, and you're like, "No, I I can't get sick of that song." But I get. But for, when I when I think of fatigue factor, I think of what I when we go see them in concert. Now again, New York City is going to be different because it's going to be the final shows. We're going to love every bit of it. But if we were just like randomly going to see Kiss, I'm like, "How oh, fucking I love it loud." Give me a break. <laughs> uh, I mean, but again, but Bill Shop, great question. We could probably talk about this all night long. That's yeah. a really that's a good one. But thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Okay, here's a good one from Patrick Butterworth. Not Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> Patrick Butterworth. And we're exactly swelling up with pride on account of you selling flapjacks. You like drinking? Hell, you like drinking? Who don't? What do you think will be different, if anything, between Madison Square Garden shows one and two? So that's part one of a two-part question. Let's answer that one first, and then we'll go to part two. Paul will talk way more in part two than part one. That's the only thing you think that'll be different. I don't expect much. Do you think that they'll do some kind of like special, unique video tribute, final show, throw in an extra song, something that's important to them, something that's special, shock nope. the people type of shit? Nope. Yeah. No, no, they might either. do. They might pull up chairs, sit down and tell some stories. Never. Back. Are you insane? You don't have to Mr. sing, and that's free. There's a better chance of them playing Mr. Speed backwards than them sitting down in chairs and taking questions. No, no way. not taking questions, but talking. No, never. I do. I, I think they could do something like that easily. It's, it, they don't have. Paul doesn't have to fucking come up with music. I think the. I, yeah, I think the only possible thing that might be different from shows one and two is some kind of extended video tribute to the history, like a history tribute video. That's the only thing I could think of. Um, second part of his question, how long into 2024 does the band and brand wait to start a campaign of any sort? Probably meaning to like become like the ultimate nostalgia act with compilations, products, et cetera, residency. Uh, I think they have it planned right away. I think by mid January, February, there'll be something out. Oh, a new box set uh, off the soundboard. A kiss cruise, something gets announced. Oh, you know what, Patrick? I want to. I, I want to agree with Zeus, but I, I, I fear, especially with the reports of Kiss and their label, them trying to sell the brand and the things with Universal Music. So right now, the re- we talked about this before. The reason there are no deluxe box sets or off the soundboard is because Universal Music owns the the, the regular catalog, pr- the proper catalog. Till I see it, I don't believe it. Yeah, Paul and Paul, Paul and Gene 
own all the demos and all those live things. So I, I, I don't, they're not, you're right. They are not going to miss an opportunity to celebrate 50 years of the band. It'll in February of 24, it'll be 50 years since the debut album. Oh, and by the way, interjection here, any of you people out there that are seeing this fan made video on YouTube or these fan made photos on Facebook about this incredible box set, it's all fake. It's all, it's all like, it's all fan made. It's not, it's not happening. Um, but anyways, Patrick, great question. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. We love the, we love the two parters. This comes from Facebook Messenger, Dan Gartrell. Hey guys, couple questions for you guys. I just found out that my daughter bought me tickets to the December 1st show at Madison Square Garden. To say I'm excited is an understatement. Hell yeah, you are. Do you think there will be an opening act for these shows? Now, the reason he asked this is because there was that graphic that was out there that showed that Paul's son's band, Amber Wild, performing on most of these final shows. But that graphic didn't have the little indicator asterisk for December 1st and 2nd, implying that they're not opening for them. So what's what's going on with that? Are we going to are we going to launch a conspiracy theory here, Zeus? What do we got? I think somebody's opening. I don't know who it is, but it's probably not Paul's kid. They have somebody else lined up. I do. OK, do you think that as this approaches, we'll know or do you think it'll just be? Yeah, because Kiss Tars can't keep anything secret. You'll see. OK. Um. Oh, God, Dan, you know what? You know what? Here's why I hate these questions, because now you got me now. You, now you got my wishful thinking hat on. Because I love conspiracy theories. And, and when I saw that Paul's son wasn't slated to open those shows, I said, ah, God damn it. This could be the opportunity for something special to happen. Maybe they are going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, good Maybe luck with are, that. I know. Maybe they are going to do this. Something's going to happen. I, I, I know. Obviously, I just, you know, Captain Obvious. I don't want to make any predictions because I don't know shit, but I also don't want to get my hopes up high thinking that it's going to be Bruce's band or, you know, Peter sitting on a stool doing something or Ace. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then he kind of piggybacks a little bit what the other question was there. He says, do you think they'll change the set list at all? Throw something in there for the lifelong fans on those final shows. Yeah, they might do a quick little medley. That's what I think. Wow. Okay. You, I wasn't expecting that because to me, that just sounds like wait something way too creative for the band to do. No, I think anything, it's easier for them to do with Paul's. I do. I do too. Limitations. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. They could play like, you know, 20 seconds of a song and kind of go through. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Other than that, Dan, I think if they throw something in, it'll be something that is not a deep cut, maybe something, you know, that should be on the set list. That's not, you know, like something like come on and love me or, you know, like something like that. I don't think we're going to get blown away, but we'll see. I think everybody is really, really excited about this. We're one month away from it. And I don't think anybody knows what to expect, but great question, Dan, we'll be there. So come look for us. Uh, we'll, we'll, as it gets closer, we'll kind of try to set something up informally as we've stated before. So got a question from King Kusano, Randy Ballsworth. This is interesting. Talking about the Tom Snyder interview. Do you think the Tom Snyder interview would have been different if the seating arrangements were set up differently? Excellent question. Yes. He he says, do you think Gene would have grabbed Ace by the leg like an abusive husband? Yeah, I think they would have been able to cut the the shit between Peter and Ace if they were somebody if there were people in between them. See, I don't know, because how would they how could they have done that without causing a scene? Because it was on TV, remember? So how how if, if you had Gene sitting next to Ace, how is Gene going to quote unquote reprimand Ace without embarrassing himself and Ace? 
I, I, I don't, know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think, uh, I think it would have been able to keep them a little bit on a better even keel. They won't be as right next to each other and, and the other two staring at them from across the way. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I do think Peter sitting directly next to Ace was like the two kids in friggin' detention hall egging each other on. That probably wasn't a good setup, but I don't know. I think Ace was just so off the rails. I don't, I don't know if any of it mattered. Good question, Randy King. We love you, buddy. Thank you for that one. Let's dig deep into the mailbag here. We got a lot. You guys are awesome for sending all these. This comes from our Bostonian friend moving on. What would be your walk-up song? If you were a baseball player, ooh, for for Kiss, like what yeah, would Kiss, be? yeah, yep, um, a Kiss song. You're a baseball player. What's your walk up song? Or if you're a pitcher, what's the song that you play coming out of the bullpen or whatever? You know, Mariano Rivera was famous for Enter Sandman and all that shit. Um, for shits and giggles, wouldn't take it off be funny? That would be good. <laughs> that would be good. Well, wave your panties in the air, shake your hands and take your hair. Uh-huh. I mean, for 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 baseball. I mean, oh God, I don't know. Baseballs. I can't fucking stand baseball anymore. Honestly, I mean, I, go ahead. I know this is cheesy. No, go ahead. I, I really I believe in me. Okay, all right. I was gonna say. I was gonna say something pretty big, especially if you're like a slugger, like a big. I would just say something like War Machine. That just kind of you know that oh, that's riff, pretty badass. Yeah, that 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 riff. You know, you you yeah, step up to the plate or, or even out. the War Machine. Tom is coming up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty badass. But I'm, a, I believe in me. Yeah, or or uh, you know maybe burn, bitch, burn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That'd be good. You know what? Here's an assignment for the listeners out there: find out if anybody in Major League Baseball this past year has a Kiss song for a bullpen, walk up, anything. I want to find out if Kiss even matters to baseball players right now. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Good question. Good question. Thank you. All right, let's keep rolling here in the mailbag, digging deep. We got one from our longtime Patreon supporter, Adam Stevenson. Check out his cool podcast, The Metal Oasis. Yours truly has been a guest on there a few times. What do you think the band would have sounded like if Ace left first and Vinny replaced him so that it was Gene and Paul and Peter and Vinny? Eric Carr's monstrous drums complemented Ace's style. But can the same be said if Peter was there playing with Vinny? I think the music would have been different in 79, 80. Yeah. I think obviously Vinny knows how to write a song. It wouldn't be like metal like he was when he came in like 82, 83, 84. Yep. I think the music would have been more um, songwriter type material because he can write great songs with Gene and Paul. I think it would have been fine. I don't think it would be that big much of a difference. I think once they got into the 80s, there's no way Peter would be able to handle that shit. Yeah, I agree. I think if they stayed, if Ace left, well, see, that here's the thing. Ace left after The Elder, so that was 81. And by then, the 80s were starting to slowly roll out. So if Vinny took over then, I, I don't know. Um, it, 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 with Peter sticking around? No way. <laughs> I think it yeah, I think it would have been very difficult because as as great of a songwriter as Vinny is, the way he writes songs, they are they are melodic, but they're like they're rock songs. Like they're not very like swinging, grooving songs that Peter could do. I, I mean, Peter could play it and maybe Vinny would adapt the style of songwriting to something that Peter could do, but 
I, I, I think that would have been kind of a weird combination. I, I think, I, th- I just think that would have been weird. I think Eric and Vinny were perfect together, their styles, but that would have been weird if, if yeah, Peter because tried to play with Vinny. They had the best group for the middle years of metal. Mm-hmm. Vinny and Eric Carr are the perfect, perfect combination. Yep. I agree. Peter would would have fucking hampered them. He thought he fucked them up on the Dynasty tour. Wait till you see him try to do fucking uh, yep. lick it up and excite her. Oh, God. <laughs> and yeah, I Love that, It Loud. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, he Peter could have done I Love It Loud. That's a slow song. But yeah, he ain't handling that. that drum sound Eric Carr got. He ain't doing that. No, probably not. Probably not. So, all right, Adam. Great question. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see what we got next here. We got a lot of good ones here. Oh, here's a good one. This is a good one here. This is from our buddy Backpack Brad Rustoven from the Slamfest podcast. This is a good one. I don't, I don't know if anybody's talking about this. After attending the final show at Madison Square Garden on December 2nd, what do you think the fans are going to do? Not the following week, not the next month, not the next year immediately following the show. What are people going to do? Are they going to be like in stunned silence? Are they just going to walk out of MSG and be like, holy fuck, that's it after 50 years? What's what's everybody going to do? Uh, Go to a bar? <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. I mean, what do you want them to do? I don't know. It's- I think it's... I think I think the only the reason why I think that's actually an interesting question is because I feel like so many of the kiss tards like us and all the people that are going to be invading New York City it's not Woodstock fucking circa it, fucking whatever. Yeah, People going to torch down New York City. No, 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 no. I don't think 60-year-old KISS fans. What are they going to no, do? No, no, no. I don't, no, no, no. I don't think. No, I don't think there's going to be any. Uh, no, obviously there's not going to be anything. The People aren't going to be like frigging, you know, flipping over porta potties on fucking, you know, Fifth Avenue or whatever if they're already. old people are going to go take a nap. What do you think they're going to do? I don't know. I think I might. I, I don't know. I, I, I think. I think I I know for me personally I'm it's going to I'm going to have a very hard time walking out of Madison Square Garden. It's going to be like, you know, fucking 50 years, 45 years of my life is like just staring at it just having them walk away, especially when we look at each other and be like, "Fuck, I can't believe they didn't bring Ace and Peter out." <laughs> I don't know. It's good. We'll say, "Hey, Brad, you know what? We'll have an answer for that on December 2nd when we're all there together. Then we'll be able to answer that question in real time." Check out Slamfest podcast with Brad. Good guy, good show. Yeah, we'll say to each other, "Yes, I heard Cold Chin again." <laughs> oh, what a yeah, what what a great set list. <laughs> oh God! All right, here comes another one from our uh, buddy Josh Brown. In 2024, when the band is officially done touring, do you think that Tommy and Eric continue after Kiss with their own band? Along the lines of what some of these bands like Chicken Foot, Velvet Revolver, Traveling Whirlberries, they kind of create like this quote-unquote super group. If they created a group, do they write original music or covers? If they tour, do they play songs they played with Kiss? Or do we see Tommy and Eric just ride off into the sunset? I think Tommy and Eric are going to do their own kind of thing. And Tommy might be around as Gene's fucking, you know, assistant and yeah. of Kiss projects. He'll be like a producer and stuff get involved if there's another form of like kiss cover band or hey let's do kiss 2.0 like tommy would be like a producer or something like that i don't see them like i i just don't see the energy for them to be like let's do kiss and we'll just get a new paul and gene 
I wish they would grab like a Todd Kearns and a Zach Throne in tour, but they're not going to do it. I wish they would, but they're not. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance. I, I'm, I've been saying all along, I don't think there's going to be any Kiss 2.0. But I think that because Tommy and Eric are young enough, I, I don't see them riding off into the sunset. I, I, I don't think so. I think they're going to do something, and I don't think it will be Kiss-related. Um, I think they'll play on other people's bands. Maybe they'll set up a small band on their own. They'll yeah. release some music here and there. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see something like, I mean, like Bruce, is, Bruce was making a ton of music after we left Kiss. He was putting out solo albums, material, you know, people like that stuff. Kiss fans like that stuff. I, I they're like I said, they're young enough and they're talented enough. I, I don't want to see them right off into the sunset. I want to see something, whether or not they do some kind of super group, that would be pretty cool. But my fear is that it will be some kind of super group with the fucking keyboard player from Dangerous Toys and everybody's, oh, this is, is going to be the best album since 88. No, I don't <laughs> want that. Nobody needs to hear that, but maybe he'll go back to black and blue with that other fucking idiot that <laughs> Oh, Jamie St. James yeah. or what is that the guy's yeah. name? Yeah, yeah the broke ass <laughs> twisted sister Lee D. Snyder look alike, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The funny thing he, he, I will say this just as like a sidebar here. The one thing I like about some of these questions, we're all we will eventually get an answer to all of them. You know, next next year we'll get an answer to all these, which is cool. I you know, and and I, nobody knows what they're going to be, but I, I think us predicting them is kind of interesting. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Material to talk about, Kiss. Hold on, because that save that that might be coming up. All right, this is this is I think this is a serious question, but I don't think we're going to be able to answer it seriously. From Chris Deese, email. He's a big fan. Like death and taxes, another Ace cover is inevitable playing devil's advocate. What song would you like to hear him cover? Exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't have a song. I know off the top of my head for ACE to cover. I will tell you, he can't cover a song with a strong vocalist. No, like just stay away from Led Zeppelin stuff. So you don't think um, good times, bad times was a success. No, no, <laughs> Uh, I don't think he should do the rain song either. Like no. he needs to stay away from that shit. Um, no, he could probably pull off a stone song. Maybe. Yep. Yep. Stop me up. It takes a couple minutes to get me to start me up. Like, Brown sugar. How come you taste so good? <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Ace, we were having a laugh just now because we and you were <laughs> we saw the video of him like promoting something. <laughs> Come see me perform. This is Ace Fraley at the Santander fucking bank. I don't know. And the parking lot. If you come and get a ticket to my show and you make a $200 deposit you get a seven-inch copy of Genghis Khan, the single on Va on Orange Swirl. You guys enroll in the Santander low-fee checking account. I'll send you some demos from Space Invader. <laughs> if you deposit some money into Laura's bottom chin, just make sure you shut the drawer because it'll get wet if it's raining. But if you do and you make it at Santander Bank, I'll give you an extra box set of cassettes that Rachel kept around in her garage. 
Sign up for the Ace Fraley Spaceman Santander Visa card. <laughs> the only problem is it's only got a $50 credit limit because I got financial problems. <laughs> is your credit card debt outrageous? Lara made mine even more outrageous. Are you trying to avoid the IRS to get me to get paid in cash? Well, me too. <laughs> follow, follow Uncle Ace for more financial tips. Go to Santander.com backslash spaceman. Go to your local Santander. Uncle Ace's financial tips. ATM machine on on 123 Main Street Boulevard, and you'll get to hear me play an acoustic set of Fractured Mirror 1 through 10. Sign up now and get a box set of all the Fractured Mirror demos. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, let's get back let's, on track. Let's try to get back on track. Let's we try to few... finish up a couple more. We'll all right, we got here. a couple couple good ones here. Oh, here's a good one. Our buddy Tony the Taxman Barone. Yeah, ABC. Is it about A-A-A. Rush? Uh, no, it's not. But it could be. Hey, Tony, I need some tax advice. <laughs> when you're done with <laughs> your question, can you give me a buzz? I got a flip phone, so you make sure you call me around 12 o'clock because I can't hear it ring too loud. Oh, God. TNZ, if you never started the KISS podcast, in which you did a spinoff to the Zeppelin Chronicles, excluding those two bands, what other band could you have gotten onto the same page to start your podcasting career with? Easy grunge. That's the that's the one that me and you would definitely be able to to be on the same page and be able to hit. You have other interests. I have other interests. Like you're not doing a country podcast with me. We're not doing an Eagles podcast yet uh, with me. What else would we do? I mean, Elvis. That's not really your bag. Frank Sinatra is not for me. That you right. have and all your right. hip hop '90s stuff. Eh. For right. Me, I mean, no, I I agree. The easy the easy answer it would have been called the Grunge Chronicles, and we yeah. would have just we, we and we would have just spent picking apart albums, songs, tours, musicians, artists, cover songs. Maybe veer off into some regular nineties alternative. That would that that would have easily easily and and who's to say that that's not a future possibility? Because I could tell you right now, just to kind of piggyback on Anthony's answer. You think Zeus and I are like busy with all these things? This is the two of us can't sit still. Like we're always doing something. And Zeus and I are always talking about doing something. So for all we know, I mean, I know we've covered some grunge on ARC, um, but that does brutal because uh, the third person on that destroys our fun of it. (laughs) And then he comes and sticks a spoke in the grunge wheel with a fucking Alice Cooper album (laughs) or fucking hole. You got to listen to Heat 2. <laughs> Tony, great question. Uh, yeah, that it would have easily been grunge slash alternative, and who knows if that's something that we might tackle down the road. Who knows? Who knows? Yep. What else you got, buddy? Uh, we'll wrap up the mailbag this year with uh, one from our good buddy and longtime supporter and Patreon friend Jason Worden. We all know Kiss and especially Paul are ready to end after this current end of the road tour. In your opinion. 
Would there have been some Vegas residents or even cruises if COVID never happened? It seems to me that COVID ruined the fun that they were having. And if life never included COVID, they would have been up for more KISS-related events. Those seem to be a pipe dream now. Hopefully they start releasing box sets and special stuff like that. Later on, Jason Worden. Good question. I've had my opinions on this. You want to start with this? Yeah, obviously they would have been doing more stuff because if they're still performing at this age and they finished two years earlier, they'd be restless. Obviously, they could look at each other and say, hey, we could still do it because they're doing it now. When was then? Just now. Just now. Just We just missed it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But I, I think they would have the itch and they would still be releasing box sets and doing the cruise and things like that. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think COVID generally speaking covid fucked up a lot of things i mean that's the that's the uh, you know understatement of the year but it's it, from a kiss perspective i think covid really really fucked it up for us badly jason you hit it right on the head if this if this ended the way it was supposed to in in, in the summer of 21 right now we're in the fall of 23 i think you would have had more kiss cruises i think you would have had a lot more kind of fun events maybe some exclusive events you know, maybe the residency, maybe a convention tour. I, I personally think that there would have been some excitement. But as I've said many times on the show here, I think the long drawn out exhaustion of this has kind of sucked the enjoyment out of everything, particularly Paul. That's just my thing. So I think COVID really fucked the Kiss fans with that. Um, I hope we're wrong. But I think as Zeus says, the Renaissance man might be ready to ride off into the sunset after December ends. But I, I think COVID is going to make us Kiss fans pay for that for sure. One other thing to add on that is yeah. if you remember, COVID also claimed one of Paul's best friend, which now has led into a lawsuit with his family. Exactly. I'm sure that's not making anything fun. Good and point. It's just another one of those like fucking dealing with this shit, you know? Good point. Yep. Nope. Good point. All right, everybody. That's the mailbag for 2023. Tons of great submissions. Thank you to everybody. If we didn't get to your question this time, believe me, we have them banked in a folder for our regular episode questions of the week. So we will get to them. So thank you, everybody who submitted. Much appreciated. Yep. And Tom, what we do next is we go to question of the week where we ask each other questions. How about you go first this year? All right. So everybody, generally speaking, Agrees. Well, not me and you, but most people think that the Ace Frehley 1978 solo album was the most successful, the best, the hardest rocking. And it really fueled Ace to say, hey, fuck these guys. I can do this on my own. I'm a rock star. Look at me. I'm also handsome. I'm also handsome. But now he stayed with the band through Dynasty Unmasked and the Elder. But we know that he was kind of cruising. He eventually left and had a solo career. And even to this day, he says, fuck those guys. I don't need them. I can do this. I'm, I'm awesome. What, if anything, would have changed if Ace's 78 solo album was a complete debacle and disaster? If it sounded like shit, if the songs were terrible, if the production was bad, none of the songs were memorable. It didn't have New York Groove. It didn't have Rip It Out. It didn't have Anton Fig. And Paul and Gene looked at him and be like, see, we told you, you need us. I think the band would have just continued because I think he... He wouldn't have the idea of, like, you know, this sucks. I got to carry my own bass and amplifier. <laughs> he, he'd he be like, what else do I got? Nobody would be in his ear. Be like, oh, you don't need these guys. You're a superstar. So you think he would have stayed? You think he would have just stayed yeah, because, with Kiss? Yeah, because other than, you know, a lot of that would have to do is rock and ride and shock me out. 
because right. he was able to produce those two. So maybe he thinks, ah, this album didn't do well. Maybe I still have another shot to get a couple other big songs that are do well. I, I just feel like, let's say he hasn't put out any music and he does his solo album. The solo yep. album flops. I think he would have stayed longer because he has no outlet to go. Cause he'd probably be like, yeah, this, they, they might be annoying, but I'm fucking in a big, huge band and I'm making yeah. good money. What the fuck what else am I going to do? Which I think would have then really made it interesting because I know we kind of, we kind of tease Ace and his solo career, but for me, second sighting Freely's Comet, those are really good rock albums from the eighties. So if, if Ace stayed with the band, would lick it up and animalize like with those, with those albums sounded differently. Yeah, they would have. I mean, I, what if questions, especially with, with kissed hard stuff is, is, is awesome. I love it. But so that, that's my question for you. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that's uh pretty self-explanatory. I don't think he would have gone anywhere. I think he would have just okay. stayed and milked it for as long as he could until he finally got thrown out yeah. <laughs> or passed out. Yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> All right. So, me to you tom end of the road happens now we go into january all right we have enough material go for 10 years do we want to continue shout it out loud cast kiss conversation for four month four times a month or do you and i'm putting them on the spot now because we haven't had this discussion really are you thinking maybe we don't do kiss four times a month maybe we don't do kiss at all maybe we continue doing kiss obviously the decision isn't going to get made now over this episode because we haven't discussed it i'm curious to hear what your thoughts are though well me and you share a brain uh which is frightening at times but this is definitely something that i thought too i know that for me personally and i'm assuming you feel the same i know that the one thing we want to get through is all the studio album reviews i know that that's a big deal for us and our listeners but in terms of continuing shout it out loudcast as an all kiss podcast every saturday i do think that kiss going away will potentially change what we do now the one thing i'm very very proud of of our show is that a lot of the stuff that we do is not based on current active kit. You know, we do tour reviews, we do TV clip reviews, we do live albums, compilations. So we, we can continue that. Absolutely. And I will just finish with this. There's also the flip side of this, where when kiss goes away, will our show kind of like carry the torch for like kiss to stay active and conversational. Yeah, with, with us our along show, with other people, there'll be a, There'll yeah, be a course. need or a, a want of course. to talk Kiss because the band's not out there. So Correct. podcasts like us and other shows and, yep. and and other things like that would probably feel a need. Yeah, I mean, right. for a lot right. of people. But maybe but a lot th- of people block that shit out and move on. Yeah, but I do think there's definitely going to be a conversation about the future of Shout It Out Loudcast for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously people are doing Beatles podcasts and they're fucking have enough shit to last them forever. Yep. Yep. How long did that show fucking that band last? So That's right. for me, I would guess that the show on Kiss will continue. Um, I would probably say that it probably wouldn't continue in this exact format. No. Meaning four times a week. I think maybe next year it would, but I don't know after that. And uh, uh, who knows what's going to happen in life, but 
I'm I'm just interested. I'm kind of prepping people in case it does change. Yeah, um, yeah. I, mean, I tell you this: when when me and you aren't going anywhere. It, I mean, I mean, we have album review crew, we have Dorm Damage, we have Zeppelin Chronicles. I mean, our buddy Tony just asked us about other stuff. Uh, Zeus and I, for all we know, we could do a friggin' '90s alternative grunge college retrospective on you know uh, we don't know, but we're not going anywhere. So the Kiss stuff may slowly you know kind of be pulled back, but. You know, that's not happening anytime soon right now, but but that is that is a conversation to have. Yep. Tom, where can people find us? Best place is our website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there, the Shout Out Loudcast episodes, album review crew, dorm damage, Zeppelin Chronicles. Find all the links to our Patreon, uh, our Amazon merch, our Amazon shopping. Uh, all of our social media links, you can comment directly from the website on individual episodes. We get those in the form of an email, which is great. Uh, and our email itself is shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. We thank everybody for sending in questions for the mailbag. Again, if we didn't get to yours this time, we will get to them eventually when we do our question of the week segment. So thank you for that. And of course, we're very active on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. We're going to start getting more involved in TikTok for sure. Uh, once we figure out what the fuck we're doing there, um, TikTok is for the children, but we'll uh, we'll we'll figure that out. And uh, of course, we always like to say another huge shout out to our Patreons, especially Scott Wheeler. Thank you for joining the family. We know you're a longtime fan and supporter, so much appreciated. And we always like to say that we are a proud member of the awesome Pantheon Podcast Network of shows. Yeah, people can DM us on Twitter, X. Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can, reach out to us. We're not shy. We'll get back to you in a timely fashion, if possible. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, which is consistently growing and get some of our best feedback from our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, even if you don't listen to it on that. So it helps the show. So do us a favor. Uh, then you can give us one of those five star child reviews on apple podcast facebook Podchaser, uh spotify wherever you can it's a big help it makes us go up in the food chain and people can find our show and grow the audience so that's a big help remember our merch page on our website and our amazon store all those things that you can use can help the show and especially patreon we talk about all the time uh, please, you can always go to our website and peruse that. That is uh, shoutitoutloudcast.com, shoutitoutloudcast.com, and email us at shoutitoutloudcast.gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast.gmail.com. Tom, what we always do is leave on famous last words. Do you have any? Oh, always. Got a reputation. Haven't got a hope. It's a sticky situation. If she ain't old enough to vote. Oh, that's nice, Gene. What do you need a fake ID for? <laughs> so I can vote. <laughs> Your middle name is Ralph, as in puke. <laughs> yeah, that could be the next thing. The movie review crew podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I'm getting tired of Betty. How can you get tired of that ass, Takashi? Oh, I see your I point. See point. <laughs> All right, Tom. But hold your head up high and let your spirits fly. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive.
Yes, deep inside, and your dreams will never die. Is that Randy Watson? What is that from? We are one. Help Daniel. Get out of the line. <laughs> when the, get out the line. Help Gilligan. Get off the island. <laughs> Who's the one he helped at the Battle of Jericho? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Daniel, get out of the line. Lions Den. Yep, Gilligan. <laughs> get off the island. <laughs> did Gilligan ever get off the island? I don't think yeah. he did, but anyways, it's know. okay. All I right. don't know. But anyways, uh, hey, all you loudcasters, mailbaggers, uh, Kiss Army, Tom, thank you. Guys, you're the best. Thank you so much for everything. We love the mailbag episodes. We love that you contribute to the show and help making it awesome and grow. So thank you. Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Cut the music. What I want now is for all you fat, hot and worldwide kiss cards to keep the noise down. And all you people out there sitting on rented furniture, settle down. Has anybody seen Richie? Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.